We're live. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Craner. I'm your host, Lyndon Crane. And today we have some special guests joining the show, Fight Like Mason Foundation. We have Chantel Bacon and Ian Macri right on the line here. You can see them on the right or left, wherever you're watching. Um, they formed a charity called the Fight Like Mason Foundation, which aims to really improve treatment, care, quality of life, and awareness of patients diagnosed with all types of childhood cancers. And they have an amazing story, and an amazing mission. And, you know, just their award this year was proof of that. They won a Business Excellence of the Year Award, pillar of our community. And I'm so excited to talk about tonight's interview, the story of Fight Like Mason, and all the exciting initiatives that, that are, they have on the go. So, Ian, Chantel, thank you for being here. Glad to have you. Lyndon, thank you for having us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, now jumping into my favorite question of the show, where in Windsor, Essex, would you say, if you had to pick just one, favorite place for coffee? I may give a little bit of a hipster type answer. Um, my favorite is my house. And recently, <laughs> I've been getting into pour over coffee. So okay, uh, so I've really into like bean and roasting types and French uh, press. Fr no, just pour over just the whatever the nice ro dark roasted bean. Uh, I get it from a black rifle coffee company, which is out in Alberta, and they have a one in the States. And they uh, employ veterans and things like that. And uh, that that's been my favorite. I've been all in on pour over coffee every day. The process, so the smell, everything. Everything's gone. It's all good. You're a coffee connoisseur. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but at least uh, I, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Chantel? Well, I have a boatload of allergies, so I also have to stick to homemade my Nespresso machine. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. My girlfriend really wants one. Especially the, uh, the foam thing that you can do with it. It's the best. <laughs> you're at, you're at home, uh, caramel macchiatos. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, now just going into, I guess you could call it the real question. Uh, how did, how did fight like Mason start for those that, uh, don't know? I mean, you have a massive following, you're, you're super involved in the community, but the people that are just finding out and hopefully after the show are going to be donating, um, <laughs> how did this all start for you? Yeah, it started with, uh, obviously, our son, Mason, was diagnosed uh, just before his third birthday in 2015 with a cancer called rhabdomyosarcoma. And what he ended up having was a large 10 centimeter mass or tumor uh, that was growing in his bladder and his prostate. So uh, he got diagnosed and, you know, we were obviously devastated with uh, his diagnosis, but, uh, but Mason was a superhero. You know, and uh, we needed a way to tell Mason, you know, that he had cancer. And how do you tell a little boy he has cancer who's mm -hmm. just turning three? So we came up with an analogy uh, in order to give him something to latch onto, And it was that he had a bad guy inside of him and that he was going to have to become an Avenger and become really strong and get superpowers in order to fight off these bad guy that was inside of him. And uh, and that was part of his how Mason became the superhero that he was. So every time he went to the hospital and got chemo, he wasn't getting chemo. He was getting Captain America's super soldier serum. And when he was getting radiation, it was like the Hulk and it was going to make him strong and, you know, wow. ultra powerful. He had a piece of metal, like which you're familiar, maybe familiar with a port that uh, cancer patients get. Um, and we explained that was like Iron Man. You had an arc reactor that holded all his power in it. So when he got his chemo delivered, it was delivered through that. So that's how Mason became, you know, known as this boy, little boy with superpowers. 
And um, so our journey took us all over. We went from Windsor, obviously, all of our pediatric oncology patients in Windsor-Essex get treated in London uh, as, as a main community hub. But, you know, our journey brought us to SickKids uh, in Toronto and all the way down to Houston, Texas. Uh, we lived for two months while Mason got a treatment down there as well. So our journey took us everywhere. And mm -hmm. he fought uh, for just over 13 months. And uh, his cancer came back, and then ultimately uh, it took him in uh, June of 2016, uh, after mm -hmm. he uh, just after his fourth birthday. So um, after Mason passed, Chantal and I decided that we make Mason a promise to continue his fight and to take care of all the other children that have been affected by childhood cancer. And that's kind of where our slogan or our motto or trademark was born: was defeating the villain for good. Um, was from that analogy with Mason. And we had a mission to make a difference and fill all the gaps that we experienced as a family uh, in the world of pediatric oncology and childhood cancer. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's super touching story for two reasons. One, you're, you're, you're able to take something that might be so difficult for somebody that age to understand and then, you know, applying it to like a superhero analogy, right? Just to kind of I think every everyone like if if you can say something in a lighter way, it changes their outlook on it, and they're they're able to uh, deal with it, you know, um, more strongly, I guess. Uh, so no, that's super cool. And then the fact that you're continuing uh, his legacy with with this foundation is awesome. Like you turned something that's obviously extremely terrible into a positive. And uh, for me, that's just you know that's why I love the organization. And that's why I dyed my hair last year. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's dyed back now. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it, it's such a cool story. And I, I don't think there's one like it, to be honest. Like, um, Well, we know it's difficult, right? I mean, yeah. for us, even just to get started was, was really difficult. But uh, even just to have the strength to be able to do it. You know, we, yep. we meet a lot of families that are in treatment or out, out of treatment, uh, kids in survivorship and other bereaved parents like us. And, mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to be around that community once you're out of it because of all the trauma that you experience as a family, yep. as your child experiences, everything. As soon as you're done, you're done. You don't want to go back. And uh, so it, it was difficult for us to get that strength to do that. But, um, but we knew that if we didn't do it, no one else was going to do it. So mm -hmm. um, we really tried our very best to fill all those gaps that we had. And that's where all of our programs that we now offer and give to the community is, is from all those experiences and all those moments that we said, oh, why does it have to be like this? Or man, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if we had something like this, you know, insert in the blank, right? Fill in the blank. And um, and that just is just breathed just from what we went through. And uh, you've obviously, you mentioned a bunch of initiatives that you have on the go and programs. Can you tell us more about, about I mean, you have many that are that are <laughs> ongoing to support childhood cancer. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I think the one that we're most known for is our Mason Power Pools, which is uh, the world's only custom IV pool for children. And uh, we have those in almost, there'll be 14 hospitals this wow. year um, across Ontario, all the way up to Peterborough. And in our local community as well, kids who need IV treatment at home, get them free of charge for as long as they want. Um, that's one that I think, you know, we're most known for. And then we have a slew of other programs that help um, children and families diagnosed with childhood cancer. We have, you know, our partnership with um, EMS 
and we give the little beanie boos or <laughs> super superhero, buddy, plushes, yeah, yeah. superhero plushes um, to any child that uses those services because Mason was in an ambulance quite a few times and it's always a scary unknown of where am I going, what, you know, what's happening. So we wanted to break that barrier and have a little, you know, strength for those kids. Um, we have a lot of bereavement support with funeral expenses and then bereavement support with our moms and dads groups um, after as well, which we wish we didn't have to host, but <laughs> it is uh, it is needed. Um, and then we have our superheroes, which is Ian and I, mostly Ian, <laughs> um, who dress up as um, movie grade superheroes and go visit the kids in the hospital or whenever they have a big milestone where they are to cheer them on with a bunch of other programs that we have recently launched. And uh, yeah, Just keeps going. Keeps going. Thanks to, <laughs> thanks to Chantel's brain and um, our not being able to give up, we keep, keep creating new things. So, um, no, it sounds like Ian, it sounds like you're addicted to superhero costumes. Are you like ever like at home, like watching like a movie <laughs> or watching like Captain America and you have to like dress up at uh, all? Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, the word on the street is that I have an affinity for superheroes, maybe. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Ian can do so, any voice and is very accurate with voices. So, we've watched and studied the movies to like to know every word and Ian can, uh... I wish I like in my other life, I probably would love to be a voice actor. I would, okay. Well, I would have loved to have done something like that, but it's, um... Chantel just put you on the spot. So I think we have to hear no. something now. <clears throat> <laughs> Nothing but a little pressure, right? Oh, Hey, how's it going, man? It is me Spider-Man. Um, dude, it's so good to see you. Wow. What's your name? Holy crap, dude. Uh, you're a superhero too. Just like me. Oh, Oh, we, we're going to be friends, aren't we? Come on, give me a fist pump, man. <laughs> That's my well, Tom okay, Holland what, Spider-Man. What one, what one is that? That's my Tom Holland Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, okay. That's from the uh, the latest one. Yeah, the latest few uh, uh, Avengers movies and, you know, all the latest Spider-Mans, yeah. Yes, yes. What was the latest one called again? I forget. That was uh, No Way Home was the latest Spider-Man. What, what did you think of it? I, I really liked it. I mean, I know they did the crossover between the multiverse things and, you know, the other Spider-Men, or just Spider-Men, uh, I guess, came through. And, uh, I mean, it's it's a cool fanfare, right? It's a, You're never going to see that. And I know that yeah. uh, the Marvel and Disney giants just love eating away at fanboys, and that's me. So I, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy in. I'll still buy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I loved it, too. Um, now, just speaking of... Uh, some proud moments at the foundation uh, besides being able to dress up wherever you go, which is awesome. Uh, what, what has been another just uh, amazing moment so far since you started? Yeah, yeah we're really proud to have brought um, Profile to our local hub, which is London Health mm -hmm. Sciences. Um, and Profile is gene sequencing for, for kids and their specific tumors. So it was at all other hospitals, but it wasn't fully funded for our local kids. Hmm. So we made sure to bring that. Um, and that's been a huge accomplishment that we are very proud of. Yeah, it's a amazing Canada wide program that allows every kid, no matter where they're diagnosed or wherever they are, um, if they're diagnosed with a high risk disease or relapse disease where their cancer has come mm -hmm. back, and they're left with not a lot of options. Um, it's a complete gene sequencing of the tumor to see if there are any outliers or any specific mutations that might give um, the treating team any sort of uh, lead on a current drug that's out there that might match it, uh, even if it's not standard of care. A lot of people don't yeah. understand 
that when you get treated with cancers there's standards that you have to go through we can only give you drug x until this happens then we can go to X, drug y and, uh, and and so on and so forth right you can't just ask for this drug and get it right so yeah um, but uh with this profile program you can sometimes eventually it's hopefully getting to a point where we can skip that step or if a patient comes in and they're diagnosed with something really aggressive uh, they may be able to prove that this, another drug would work way better or mu much better than, mm -hmm. than that and skip that step. So, uh, we've been able to fully fund, uh, our children in Southwestern Ontario for the last three years uh, wow. with initiative. So it's allowed them all access to getting this. And it's obviously done through the hospital and the oncology yep. teams and whatnot. And, uh, and then they, a panel reviews it and they decide, um, Canada's best decide, uh, if there's a actionable target that they can treat with and, uh, hmm. it's kind of a hail Mary for a lot of times. And it's not yeah. every single child might, uh, work for, but, uh, for the ones that it does and has, it's been a game changer. So, uh, wow. for us to be able to mm -hmm. change some aspect of how kids are actually treated, like on the front line of treating mm -hmm. a child, um, that's our proudest moment. Yeah. Because our whole goal is to, not have a band-aid anymore and we want to not let them have this anymore make all these yep. diseases you know uh survivable and that's the point that's the plan yeah 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 it's important it's a huge huge issue uh but it, it takes organizations you know across the globe to to, to pitch in it takes donors it takes um, a lot of things science so <laughs> no <laughs> That's hopefully, a good thing. That's a good hopefully thing. science speeds up a bit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope, yeah. Um, now, going in a little bit to just taking on a charity and, you know, it, you've grown it to, I don't even know how much money you've brought in <laughs> since you started. It must be astronomical. Yeah, I think we, uh, I'm not sure where we're at right this second, uh, but uh, I know a few months back, uh, you know, we reached about 1.6, 1.5, 1. 1.6 million in, uh, since 2017. So since we started, so it's, but it, honestly, that is a testament of course, to the community being yep. able to believe in what we're doing and we get zero government, um, like funding or grants or anything like that. So yeah, it's solely based on community fundraising and people that have latched onto what we've, what we've been able to do and what we've been able to help with, and then, mm -hmm. uh, believe in that cause. And, and that's a heartwarming thing. Anytime someone donates to us or, uh, you know, contributes in some way, they're not only honoring like our boy and kind of keeping his legacy going, but um, being able to allow us to help, you know, is it's, it's, it means so much. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, unreal. Like 1.6 million. Come on. That's <laughs> like <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it, and we have hopefully a lot to show for it. <laughs> That's yep. been, it's, it's been done, but, uh, but yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of challenges, right? It's not, it's really not easy, especially when there's a, like a, a cause so close to our hearts. Right. And to be able to put yourself out there and, you know, say, Hey, can you give us money just to give us money? That's a difficult yeah. thing to do. And talking about it too, right? Like it, the, the story is it's in the name, right? Like you, you probably have, you know, become more comfortable with talking about things like this. Yeah. But even meeting all the families and going through their journeys yeah. um, from Windsor to all the way to GTA and all that, and even across the world, um, it's hard to hear the, you know, similar stories to Mason and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's a 24 hour, it's a 24 hour thing. It's, you don't really have a shut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it was our world and we know it's the family's world that we help. So it's, uh, it's something that just doesn't, 
you know, it doesn't go away. So mm -hmm. um, th th that's a challenge too, right? When you're in, especially something as, you know, horrific as a child having cancer, right? So, yes. Um, and then in getting out of that, I think is something that we've strived to do is to change how people discuss it and how talk about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So taking a subject that's kind of tabooed like that, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. oftentimes people would see a commercial on TV with a child with a bald head and it's like, oh, I can't watch that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can't, I can't deal with that. And you don't want it to believe it's real. But um, for us as, as a charity, being able to come across as in a, in a positive way, you know, to empower the children and um, change how it's looked at, I think is, uh, is what a what one of our strengths that we've been able to do and hopefully mm. been able to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, you turn the word cancer into a negative, but you know, right. it, into a positive, right? So um it's not easy to do at all. And you have a fun, creative way of doing it for sure. Um, I do want to jump into the comments. I had one question that come, came up from Brenda uh, Coco Perre. If I see the accent there, it must be French. Uh, what is your dream for the Fight Like Mason Foundation? Oh, it's a big one. We have a few. Um, <laughs> have a few. Um, I'm a big dreamer and I love, you know, reaching for the stars. <laughs> which is sometimes a stressor. Um, but no, we would love, you know, to have, you know, Mason be almost like a Terry Fox where, you know, we're changing the world, we're changing research, we're changing things and mm -hmm. making this a more, you know, cause one child dying is one too many. So someone yep. would say it's rare, but we want to take that word away. So having Mason nationwide and being able to help all the families we possibly can, um, is a huge dream. Yeah. And to share, you know, his story that leads people into like, just bringing them in for to, you know, turn their head towards it, right? Um, yeah. it, it, Cause it is a, it's a problem. Like childhood cancer is the leading cause of medical death in children. That's, that's, it is, it is what it is. And, mm -hmm. um, and there's 400 children uh, in uh, Ontario that get diagnosed every year. There's about 11,000 that are on active treatment. Uh, so it, it it's a big, it is a big problem. And we've come far, you know, from the last 30 years, 40 years mm -hmm. in treatment options. Um, but uh, you can look at statistics all you want too, and you say that oh, it's 85% survivable. And you're like, Oh, my God, that's, that's great. Like 85%. But Mason was not one of that 85%. Every other yeah. kid that left was not one of those uh, 85%. Yeah. And that one, like Chantel said, that 1% or at one child is too many. So mm -hmm. Um, to use, uh, yeah, to use our story and our experience and be able to change that and in, in on a global scale, I think that's that's what we want to do. And then ultimately be a part of making all of these diseases survivable. Finding a cure. Finding, yeah, you know, like kids. make it no more for them. Make them all be able yep. to be treated. You know, if we can't exactly them getting it, at least we can change how, they, how, how they're treated with it. Yeah, 85 to 100 for sure. That's it. Got to fix uh, that last 15%. Exactly. Yeah. There's uh, another question that came in. Dar Sleeth Poirier. Uh, what ways can society be more inclusive of kids with cancer? That's a really good question. That's a good answer because it is difficult. We know from experience with teachers and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say that's the whole point of our This Is Me photo shoot um, that we do with childhood cancer kids. And we want them to be known for more than, oh, you're the kid who had cancer. Oh, you're the kid that, you know, they're put into this box where it's like, 
you're only described as the kid with cancer. And, yeah. you know, we have to learn that they are more than that. Like yep. they have goals, they have ambitions, you know, they want to grow up, to yeah. change things. So the biggest thing is to stop putting them in that box with saying like, oh, you're that kid, you're, you were this kid, you know, and use it as a strength instead of the, you know, kind of like it, sometimes it gets to be too much for the kids that it's like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore, but it should be something they're proud of. So being okay with talking about it and talking even if, when the kids pass, we love hearing about Mason and Mason's name. You never want someone to stop talking about them. So even if a child passes, to still bring up the name mm -hmm. is, such a, is such a huge thing. Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point. Now, just thinking of it, especially if you're going into, let's say, grade school and, and one day, you know, you like you said, you, you have a, your, your head shaved, right? Like it's there, you know, people look obviously right but to make it so that when you're looking you're like it's it's a positive you still want them to come out and and, and play soccer or whatever right like don't put them in, into a different type of activities because you know they're they're different in some way right like yeah. I, I i think i understand where you're where you're what you mean yeah they're still a kit yeah and you know. it's, sorry no go ahead no you say it's like they're you want to describe them as i know a child with cancer not a cancer yeah they're a child before they're, you know, someone who's sick. Right. So um, yeah. I think that's really important. And, uh, and getting, you know, understanding when parents are obviously, you know, a little bit reserved or um, anxious about their child going out because, you mm -hmm. know, when children are on treatment or either after there's a, there's a big fear that comes around with them being around germs or being around um, kids in large groups, because there's this mm -hmm. fear of one step, into getting sick with something else might put them back or an understanding why they're so paranoid about that because you know a small might be a small cold for one person but for a child with childhood cancer it could be the end yeah. just like that so that's just under and understanding parents reserves from protecting their kids like that is really important mm -hmm. i think too like even to go on off of that is you know, as a parent, you are trying your best to do everything. So when someone who hadn't gone through what you've gone through suggests like, oh, you should try, you know, mm -hmm. lemon juice for a week on your three-year-old to cure him. And uh, I think it's like those kind of conversations that parents are doing their best. They're trying everything possible. Yep. And I don't think the blame should be on what you fed your kid or mm -hmm. certain things. So I think changing the the narrative of that as well, of, well, you must have done something wrong, but there is yes. nothing that... Yes that makes childhood cancer happen in kids, right? It's just a mutation in their, in their gene. And it's like, like they doctors told us, it's like winning the bad lottery. So yeah. I think yeah. changing how we speak about it and, uh, and allowing these kids to be proud of what they're going through. Yes. Yes. Which can be, be tough for sure. Uh, one more question from the comments and this kind of leads into my, my final question. What can the community do to help with the foundation, helping its, helping achieve its goals, helping with the growth globally. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Um, obviously <laughs> any like, you know, donations are always a huge thing. Um, we have our September is childhood cancer awareness month. So we raise awareness 12 months out of the year, but September is the month to really shine bright and shine gold, which is the color for childhood cancer awareness. Um, so we have our lawn sign initiatives that hopefully you've seen because we've been delivering <laughs> this week. Yep. Um, 
that can be for just a dollar a day. You know, it's $30. You're showing your support, showing your community. Um, I always get like the, you know, I, I can't spend blank on, you know, a donation or something, but $1 can change a lot of things. You know, if yep. everyone gave $1, we could do so many things with that, right? It doesn't have to be this grand thing. It can be small things. It can be donating blood, which we have a blood drive coming up um, at St. Simon and St. Jude in Bell River. Um, and there's all kinds of ways. We have our gold hair dudes care event, which you know. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. So there are a lot of things during September that uh, that you can do to raise awareness. And you can even just share our post and, you know, comment on them and engage in them so that other people who may want to be involved in something can have that opportunity. Absolutely. And now I hear you have, somebody says they love your Fight Like Mason fireworks party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is our first year this year that uh, at St. Clair uh, College put on for us and hosted this year um, downtown at the at the Chrysler Theater. So, um, yeah, that was a huge, huge turnout. Mm -hmm. And um, we hope to get it again next year. That was it was pretty fun. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully the fireworks weren't inside of the theater. No, no definitely not. It was the, the, <laughs> the Detroit River one. So, yeah, we'd That's be in awesome. trouble if we had a fireworks party inside indoors. <laughs> Hey, you never know. They would not like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is, uh, no, it, it, there's a lot of ways. And you mentioned uh, Gold Hair Dudes Care. I highly recommend it. Uh, I loved it. It's awesome. You, I remember last year going out and, and just seeing a video from, um, you know, somebody battling with cancer and they picked your hair color. And, and you know, one day you wake up and you have blue and green hair. So <laughs> it's easy uh, as that. <laughs> easy as that and you can do temporary if you don't want to go extreme you can do temporary but yeah, we uh, even have a gold wig this year if you even don't want the spray we have a gold wig so okay take home. yeah <laughs> exactly and i had the Chantel actually uh i think you you dyed my hair i did I yes believe. yes yep. so yeah this fundraiser has been going on for those who don't know they know this fundraiser has been for this is our third year doing it yeah. and uh we started during the pandemic and uh for the first year in the pandemic and we continued on every year since then. And it just was a really cool visual to be able to give, you know, the community itself and the kids especially to have something to take control over, right? Like Chantel yeah, mentioned. Yeah. You don't have control when they lose their hair. I remember Mason, you know, when his hair started following, falling out, it was the first day he wanted to eat and he wanted pancakes. And just all his hair was falling out into his syrup. And, you know, we yeah. had to make that decision for him. And even at three years old, he didn't want anyone to see him after we yeah. had to shave his head, right? So this is the opportunity for one of these kids to have control over someone else's hair instead of someone having control over their own hair. So yes, yeah. So if anybody I, I, reaches that goal, that two thousand dollar, you know, pledge goal, the challenge, part of the challenge for Gold Hair Dudes Care, um, we're gonna have a little boy or girl surprise them with a super special color. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. They might pick. <laughs> Not even mm -hmm. one color, like eight. <laughs> yeah, we had one guy last year that all the four houses of Hogwarts. So yeah. he had like confettied hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, what I found the most impactful was showing up to work the next day with blue and green hair or wherever and just people asking. And then it gives you the opportunity to just explain like, hey, this is why my hair looks like this. And it one, it's promoting your organization, promoting uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and so many great things. It was just an opportunity to start a conversation. Yeah, you're a walking billboard for us. So yeah, you know, 
it's great to open up that conversation because, you know, normally you don't see someone in the grocery store with, well, unless you see me, um, (laughs) (laughs) with, you know, colorful hair and you want to be like, hey, why do these two guys in the grocery store talking to each other have orange and blue hair? And, you know, it opens up that dialogue to talk Mm -hmm. about childhood cancer and why, you know, September is such an important month. And that's something we really want to do too. We've been doing, you know, with our, you know, shirts, right. With our Mm -hmm. symbol, you know, people wearing the merchandise that they want to wear. And then when they're out in public and they see someone and they ask about the foundation or they ask about the shirt or whatever, then they're having that dialogue that they would never have about childhood cancer in the community, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mm -hmm. what we do or not, or someone else that's in their, you know, family circle that have been fighting or someone they know. It's just, it's a, a great way to be able to, you know, discuss things openly. And the merch is cool. Like oh, it's, yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of badass. You know, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We think so. Yeah. So, we try to aim for. <laughs> we want you to want to wear it. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, listen, I, I, I said this before the interview on, on posting on social media advertising. You guys are definitely a power couple. No pun, in, no pun intended. You probably got that before, but if you didn't, if you didn't I was the first. Uh, <laughs> But no, seriously, it's just a super inspiring story. Super inspiring to see, you know, uh, a couple work on a foundation together, uh, working with family or someone your relationship with can be tough for sure. And uh, it's just, you know, it brightens people's day. And I think, you know, inspires others to start to start up an initiative for whatever cause it might be. And uh, I really appreciate your time. And if you're watching right now, make sure you're, you're going to their website and you're donating or you're signing up to get your hair colored. So <laughs> thank hey, you yeah. for your time. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for having thank us, Lyndon. You. That was great. Awesome. And uh, we hope all your followers enjoyed, you know, listening a little bit about us. And even if you took five minutes or well, not five minutes, 20 minutes to listen to <laughs> us talk today, that's and learn a little bit about childhood cancer and some of the struggles in our programs. That's uh, that, that means a lot to us. Absolutely. Everyone, thanks for watching. Check out the full episode, coffeewithcraner.com. We'll see you very soon.